Well, poor Kevin McCarthy. He's coming under attack from many Republicans not happy about the debt ceiling deal that he's come up with. So could that stop it in its tracks? Well, not much sign of that, but there are other concerns in the world today. Oil is well down this morning. So is the Aussie dollar. And Philip Lowe in front of the Senate committee today. Remember how last week we talked about how there were reports that he's less convinced that he's going to be able to fight inflation without causing a big downturn to the economy? Well, that'll make his grilling by parliamentarians quite interesting today. And inflation, a few numbers on that today as well, including the monthly number for Australia and also some numbers for Europe as well. It's a big one. It's the end of the month as well. It is Wednesday, 31st of May, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, we've seen big moves in oil this morning. WTI has lost 4%. Brent is down 4.1%, down below 73.90 now. It did get down to 73.20 at one stage. The US dollar is down ever so slightly. The Aussie dollar, though, down a third of 1% to just below 65.2 US cents this morning. The pound is up 0.4%. The euro up 0.2%. But the Japanese yen up almost half a percent on the US dollar. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Equities are mixed. The NASDAQ is up 0.3%. There's a lot of excitement about NVIDIA getting close to being a billion dollar company thanks to all the AI talk even though the supposed godfather of AI has been saying in the last 24 hours that unchecked it could be the downfall of mankind that's all if you know AI suddenly decides it's going to make itself look like Arnold Schwarzenegger meanwhile the S&P 500 lost a little the Dow is down 0.1% at close the FTSE 100 is down 1.4% the Euro stocks 50 losing 0.7% uh, in the US energy is the biggest loser uh, along with consumer consumer staples and big falls in bond yields down 11 basis points for 10-year treasuries down nine in germany and the uk aussie 10 years yesterday down just two basis points to 3.68 percent but on futures they've uh, taken off another five basis points or so overnight and so what is going on the us and the uk have only just got their feet back under the desk and you might have assumed that we'd see some degree of optimism. But is there? I mean, if there was, you, you might have hoped that the Aussie dollar might climb back a bit today, but it hasn't. So let's look at that. Uh, with Nabs Rodrigo Catrill in Sydney, I guess the sort of falling yields, that makes sense, because obviously there are hopes that the debt ceiling is going to get over the line. I mean, look, one-year Treasury bills down 33 basis points this morning. Uh, morning, Phil. Yes, <clears throat> excuse me. We've, we've seen um, interesting moves uh, after the US uh, came back from holiday. As you say, the move lowering yields has been, um, to some extent, quite interesting because it's, it's, if you like, a little bit negative in terms of the, the growth outlook and what it all means, uh, but also a bit of an adjustment in terms of the concerns uh, that were building up uh, ahead of the, the debt ceiling and, and the potential for defaults. So um, a little bit wary of sort of reading too much uh, in terms of what the signals are in, in terms of the price action for today, given, you know, this, that, that adjustment, if you like. Uh, but certainly, as you mentioned, I think that the, the other major takeaway is the move lower in oil prices and commodities in general, which is a bit more of a theme around concerns about the, the global uh, growth outlook, not only just in the US, but also uh, around China, which is one factor affecting the, the Aussie dollar, we, we think. Yeah. And, you know, the, the debt ceiling is not a done deal yet either. So, I mean, the Republican hardliners, some of them are trying to derail it. Uh, and uh, the House Rules Committee is meeting. As we talk now, they are debating it. And that, that's the first obstacle of what they're calling the Fiscal Responsibility Act. It's got to get passed by the House Rules Committee, so we'll know in the next hour or so uh, whether that's going to happen or not. Uh, the, the general feeling there that the vote will be 9 to 4 uh, in, in order of approval, 
Um, and that, as you say, sets the stage for um, putting the bill for votes uh, uh, tomorrow uh, in, in the House as well. Well, safely, it's smooth sailing. We'll find out, won't we, in the next 24 hours. Look, uh, the, the the movement in oil as well, part of that might be, you remember there were question marks over OPEC Plus uh, and uh, the uh, Saudi energy minister, Abdulaziz bin Salman, saying that basically anyone who is selling oil short uh, could be caught out, basically implying that there's going to be cuts to oil production. But now we've got Russian officials saying that they they think uh, oil production should remain unchanged so markets are presumably adjusting to the to the likelihood that maybe there won't be uh, any further cuts after all yes um so they're meeting on june 4th and and as as we're getting closer to the meeting the market is becoming a little bit more concerned around you know what exactly are they going to do uh but certainly they move lower below 70 on on, on wtr um it's it probably is gonna is going to support the view that they'll have to do something otherwise oil prices will continue to decline uh, but certainly it's building a lot of uncertainty around that. Um, and just looking in terms of the price action as well and concerns around what the implications are from the debt ceiling, it's interesting as well to note that we've seen an increase in record expectations for the Fed, uh, particularly at the start of next year and, and further out as well. So this idea of the debt ceiling being a, a good news, if you like, in terms of the default being averted, uh, also comes alongside the idea that the fiscal side will be less supportive for growth and, and therefore the, the economy will likely yeah. slow down even faster than expected. Um, so therefore... The, and the nothing they can do, do about it. it if it does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So and, and the, so the Aussie today, um, yeah, why is it down then? I mean, obviously commodity prices will have had a bit to do with that and the, 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 uh, the Kiwi dollar as well. Yeah. But is it China as well? Well, yeah, if you look at the price action of the Aussie, the decline of the Aussie actually occurred during our time zone yesterday. Uh, and that coincided with the uh, yet further move up in, in dollar CNY. Uh, we've seen dollar CNH and dollar CNY making highs. Um, so the, the weakening of the CNY has continued. Um, and that is a reflection that the market is becoming uh, more and more concerned about the, the, the rebound or the loss of momentum or the economic rebound in China, um, including ourselves. I mean, our, our sense was that a, a new round of stimulus uh, was imminent and, and it hasn't come yet. And so the market is becoming more and more concerned, uh, not only on, on the viability of this rebound, but also the nature of the rebound, which in particular at the moment is, is sort of a consumer-led uh, rebound. Um, but we haven't seen, uh, you know, activity, particularly in terms of more support for infrastructure. And, and that sort of tepid, you know, signs that the housing market was starting to improve is now being overwhelmed by concerns of defaults uh, in terms of developers, as well as um, uh, local funding vehicles as well. So more and more concerns around China and, and the lack of fiscal sort of uh, announcements uh, are, are making the, the market nervous. And the Japanese yen, very strong this morning. Now, they did have a meeting yesterday, didn't they? I mean, they, they are trying to control uh, movements or too much speculation in the currency there. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one because in terms of volatility as such, it's not like super volatile. We haven't seen a great deal of uh, FX volatility what we have seen is, is dollar yen quickly or slowly kind of edging higher towards 140. And from a technical perspective, we've seen some levels broken that opens the door for, for dollar yen to move higher. And and I think that the, the officials, uh, not just the, 
uh, the Bank of Japan, but MOF as well, uh, are becoming concerned with this this idea that the, the yen could continue to weaken from here. Um, so the, the comment is is sort of a textbook comment that they, they will intervene and they stand ready to intervene. It doesn't look like an imminent intervention, but certainly has helped uh, the yen perform o- over the past uh, 12 hours or so. Right, and inflation for Australia today. It's the monthly one, not the quarterly one, so it's not as complete, obviously, as the quarterly one. Uh, and we had Easter in the middle of it, so I'm not quite sure how useful that makes the number today but let's talk about that and also what philip lowe is going to say because he is in front of the senate economic committee this morning uh last week we spoke about uh, that piece that philip curry wrote in the afr about how philip lowe wasn't as confident about that narrow path that he was walking between containing inflation and not triggering a severe economic downturn uh, and maybe he has to push rates higher and cause that uh, that downturn so uh, two big events for australia today Yes, uh, and the, the monthly CPI, you know, there's all these caveats about how it doesn't really capture uh, the services side in terms of drivers for inflation. Um, so you need to treat it with a little bit of cautiousness. Um, in saying that, though, our economists still expect that the number to actually print higher on a year-on-year basis to jump or gain from 6.3 to 6.6. Um, and then we know, of course, that the, 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 the missing part of all this monthly reading it's actually proven to be sticky and, and it's still rising, you know. So when you think about rents, you think about services inflation that is still pre-elevated in Australia. So uh, the bias there will be that you need to be mindful that, if anything, uh, the, the picture will be that inflation is probably even stronger than what the monthly reading is, is telling us. So so that's something to, to be wary of. Um, now, the other side is in terms of what Governor Lowe as you mentioned, he's already been talking about this narrow path and, and the emphasis as well around that has been concerns about wages increasing by more than what the, the, the bank expects. Um, so the bank is expecting for a rise of wages growth of to just, just above 4%. Uh, but of course, we have the minimum wage agreement uh, coming up uh, very shortly. Um, and there's also implications about a lot of uh, enterprise agreements, both in the private, pu- private and public sector. Um, so the, the, the bias there will be that maybe we're going to get agreements at higher levels, particularly if the minimum wage sits at 7%. Um, so, so the governor's right. Uh, at the moment, you know, the outlook and the, the forecast that the, the RBA has is, is, is being challenged. Um, and any upside, uh, you know, dynamics in terms of inflation uh, will force the RBA hand. And, and of course, we, st- we still think that the RBA still has a little bit more work to do in that respect. Well, it looks like it uh, might be hitting the housing sector hard. I mean, it's only one month, but building permits down a lot, 2.6% uh, in the month in New Zealand, but 8.1% because we had their new numbers yesterday as well. But in, in Australia, 8.1% down. In April, and you know it's 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 not evenly spread. So private sector houses in Victoria are down nine point three percent, but uh, and down twenty two and units down twenty two point eight percent in Queensland, but up twelve and a half percent in New South Wales. So I mean these are relatively small numbers, and it's over a short period as well, isn't it? So I guess that uh, that can lead to some confusion. But uh, but generally, I mean we can and renovations as well. Yes, well and and uh, you know one of the things that Taylor pointed out yesterday when he was looking at the numbers is that um, typically you know the the apartments or the attached apartments approvals tend to be a big a, a good leading indicator, and and they decline quite significantly as well. So. This is a reflection of not just sort of the adjustment of this front loading that occurred during the pandemic, given all the stimulus and incentives that the government provided. And now we've seen, you know, and there was also higher borrowing costs and higher uh, uncertainty around construction costs. So all of that is played into this sort of 
big uh, slowdown uh, in terms of dwelling approvals in general. And, and the important sort of dynamic here is that it plays to the view that this um, imbalance, if you like, that we're starting to see between house demand and, and housing supply is actually going to be here for a while. Um, and that is not only supportive for, for rents, but it's also supportive for, for house prices as well uh, as we as we go ahead, even though we have this increase in, in, in the cash rate. And the renovations going down, this this makes perfect sense to me uh, because, you know, I've been renovating all through the, um, you know, since COVID and I'm over it now. So, you know, from lockdown onwards. So no wonder people are stopping renovating. And what do you want to do? You want to go and sit in a coffee shop and uh, add to that, push up that demand for workers in the service industries. It's all our own fault, but you can see why it's happening because we're just sick of painting walls, quite frankly. <laughs> uh, but look, it's very very confusing in the US because the house price index there rose in March up 0.6%. That's on the uh, the US Federal Housing Finance Agency numbers. But the, if you look at the Case-Shiller house price index, that saw a 1.5% rise in uh, in March, although year on year, uh, the one of them that the housing finance one says prices are up three point six percent. The Case Shiller index says they're down one point one percent. So go figure. Yeah. So the distinction there is also around you know whether you're talking about new dwellings or um, or you know or, or you know established ones. So there's certainly a, a dynamic there in terms of the demand for new dwellings. Um, and so as again, like you say, it's, it's a bit of a, that noise of or, or or adjustment that is occurring from from the pandemic. Uh, and you're getting that mixed signal. But overall, um, it is that dynamic of supply and that the supply of housing uh, is not there. Uh, and therefore, even though you see an increase in interest rates, the demand the demand is still there given, you know, the demand for housing from, uh, well, in Australia, from, from immigration as well has played a big factor as well. Now, Eurozone inflation, uh, well, quite a bit of that today. We get the, f- the full number for the Eurozone tomorrow, but today we get Germany, France, Italy, uh, we got Spain's number actually uh, yesterday. Spain's inflation actually fell, not slowed. Actually fell, a negative number. Deflation, do you remember that word? Uh, down 0.1% month on month in May. More of that, please. Yes. Um, so the, the takeaways from the from the data releases from the from Europe has been this, not only that the, you see in the consumer confidence and the uh, business confidence declining significantly, uh, but also that inflation is declining significantly, a little bit faster than expected. And at the moment, uh, given that expectations are for the German reading to also decline, uh, it may well be the case that uh, the headline reading for the euro area uh, will be a lot lower than, than expected. So that will play into, you know, the thinking around what the ECB is likely to do. Um, a 25 basis point uh, hike looks like a done deal. Uh, but the question is, what happens next? Uh, are there, is there going to be another one? Uh, are we going to get closer to that 4% level in terms of the deposit rate? And at the moment, the inflation dynamics are playing against that view. So it will mm. be interesting to see how it plays out, particularly for the outlook for the euro as well. And we had the Conference Board Consumer Confidence Read for the US overnight as well. Uh, that was a bit higher than expected, uh, so that's good. But what is perhaps more interesting is uh, what it's saying about the labour market. So 12.5% of consumers said jobs were hard to get this time around. That is up from 10.6% the month before. So that's quite a rise. And the jobs plentiful uh, number, those people who think there's loads of jobs around, that's gone from 47.5% down to 43.5%. So that is the lowest, in the case of both those numbers, the lowest in two years. So a sign of less pressure on wages, perhaps. So that's good news. Yes, that's right. Um, and also the idea that uh, in general, that all this tightening that is that, that the Fed is introducing to the economy is actually starting to have that effect. Um, so whilst the inflation readings are still sticky and elevated, when, when you look ahead, 
And many of these leading indicators are telling us that the slowdown is coming and the cooling of the labor market is also coming, which will play into low inflation readings as well. Okay. Uh, jolts, of course, going to be useful today as well. How many job openings, how many people left by choice or otherwise? Uh, and uh, yeah, non-farm payrolls, of course, we're leading to or, or towards at the end of the week. Uh, lots more today as well. Japan's industrial production uh, and Canada's GDP, New Zealand activity outlook. Tell you, it's all happening, isn't it? <laughs> it's all happening. Lots to do, yeah. And you missed even a couple of the, the beige book as well. Right. We'll get tomorrow morning. Okay, there we the are. Fed. Anything so, else? You want to throw anything else in? No, we've not got time. There's too much more, on more brains. More Fed speakers and ECB speakers, just to... Then that's enough, Rodrigo. That's and, enough. And, and the dead ceiling. Our brain's going to explode if we have any more information. We've got to leave it there. Uh, good to catch you, Rodrigo. We'll, we'll talk again soon. Cheers, Phil. Thanks. It's all happening at once, isn't it? Why can't we spread this out nicely over the week? That's it for today. I'm back tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening.